Welcome to the Michael Teo Football Show. My name is Miles. The Buffalo Bills blow out the defending champion Los Angeles Rams for NFL kickoff 2022. It was impressive, to say the least. Um, there was a moment of silence to start the game for the queen who died today. Queen Elizabeth, who was the queen of England for 70 years since 1952. It is amazing how much has changed since she took the throne in 52, which was only seven years after World War II. Who was the NFL champion when Queen Elizabeth uh, got to her first fall or winter as a as queen? It was Bobby Lane and the Detroit Lions <laughs> who won the 1952 NFL championship, and they also won in 1953. The Lions. <laughs> That's how long Queen Elizabeth was queen. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Pretty impressive. Uh, what else was impressive? The Bills tonight. Josh Allen, Vaughn Miller, Stefan Diggs. They embarrassed the Rams tonight, and it could have, maybe should have, been so much worse. But uh, Isaiah McKenzie, you know, greasy fingers, bobbled a ball that ended up being intercepted. Josh Allen and Jamison Crowder had some growing pains. So there was a, there's a few first-half turnovers that kept it 10-10 to 10 at half. Um, but Josh Allen, I mean, is, it may be weird to say for somebody who has almost 300 passing yards, three touchdowns, almost 60 rushing yards and a touchdown, but it was actually looked better than the stat line. I mean, Josh Allen, just the the strength and the power and just the the zip on the ball and, and just the Bills decisions to just keep throwing, you know, to, to keep why stop if it's if it's working. Um was fabulous. So the Rams struggled. Uh, Cam Akers is the fantasy story. You know, he picked up where he left off in the playoffs, basically. Uh, completely inefficient. Completely terrible. He was awful in the playoffs. And unlike um, January and February, Sean McVay had Daryl Henderson healthy in order to uh, to put Cam Akers on the bench, uh, where he maybe should have belonged for the playoffs. So they did that. They exercised that option, um, but people are people are freaking out. Well, we'll see how Akers recovers. Remember that Achilles injury? No running back has has ever come back from that in a good way. So, <laughs> jury is still out on Game Akers. Um, Von Miller, of course, big part of that Bills defense. You know, was 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 Stafford looked okay um, to the eye? You know, the, things were a little sloppy. They were a little little uh, um, wimpy. You know, we got some some stat Padford at the end. Vintage Detroit Lion <laughs> stat Padford, uh, you know, throwing to Cooper Cup, who's still looking good. But uh, the Bills defense, maybe with Von Miller, who watched the banner go up. That was nice that he was there for that. The banner he helped win last year. Watched it go up in a Bills uniform and then crush the Rams <laughs> as a Bill. I think that defense was a big part of it. Uh, but we will have all of September and October to kind of suss out whether this was a bad sign for Matt Stafford or whether this was a really good sign for the Bills' defense. And this is the only really the second time that a Super Bowl champion has been blown out in, an, in a Thursday night kickoff like this. 
Um, because I was going back through it. So you may remember the Ravens got blown out by the Broncos, by the Peyton Manning, seven touchdowns there. But actually, that game was in Denver, not in Baltimore, because there were scheduling shenanigans with the Orioles. So the only other team to be blown out or to lose at all as a Super Bowl champion hosting the NFL kickoff game was the 2017 New England Patriots who lost to the the Alex Smith, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, first ever game, Chiefs. That was the Kareem Hunt big game, big fantasy game. I had him. That was fun. Um, so the Rams joined that, that group. Uh, we'll see what happens. Welcome to the Muckleteo Football Show. The show is just football everything. NFL history, legacy, ups and downs of a season. Follow us at MUK underscore football on Twitter or YouTube. Uh, subscribe, share, review on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. We have shows Monday after Monday Night Football, Thursday after Thursday Night Football, Sunday after Sunday Night Football. And week one is upon us. And I'll each Thursday... After reviewing Thursday Night Football, pick four games for the upcoming week to to pick the lines uh, and explain why. Um, but every game looks good right now. We haven't had NFL football since February. It all, it all looks great. Uh, we got we literally got the the two first overall picks in 2015, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Now they're the keepers of that Saints Falcons rivalry. Uh, we get an early look at the AFC West hype with the the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, we get our first experiences, real experiences of the Trey Lance 49ers and and, the, and definitely the first of the Matt Ryan Colts. And we got these revenge games. We got Baker Mayfield on the Panthers playing the Browns. And we got Joe Flacco on the Jets playing the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. We got Mahomes and Kyler playing. But I have four other games. It's just a buffet of fun. Week one is always like Christmas Day. Um, Patriots at Dolphins, Packers at Vikings. Buccaneers at Cowboys and Broncos at Seahawks are the four games I'll choose here today to discuss. All right, let's start with the Patriots going down to Miami, going to Florida. I picked this one because it is the battle of two of the most major narratives this summer. Just the the offseason in general. It's just the sexy offseason Dolphins with Mike McDaniel hired from Kyle Shanahan's basement with the speedsters, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, can Tua do it? You know, the, there's just so much potential and, and intrigue here, especially with that speed versus just the, the ugly Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, you know, double worm tongue uh, in uh, in Bill Belichick's King of Rohan's ear, you know, um, that's a Lord of the Rings reference. Uh, it's week one, so it will be too early, even no matter what happens. But if the Dolphins thump the Patriots, it is going to be such a wave of confirmation bias because the sexy thing that we've been talking about this whole, you know, seven months will have beaten this ugly thing with this Joe Judge, Matt Patricia stuff. So uh, I'm just really interested in that. And the Dolphins are favored by three and a half. I will take the Dolphins on this. I'll take the Dolphins and the points. They're going to beat the Patriots by by more than a field goal. Um, but not just because of the, you know, the sexy McDaniel and speed stuff and, and ugly Matt judge, Joe Patricia stuff. 
the Patriots often don't do very well going to Miami. The, they're one and four against Miami uh, in Miami in the last five years. And that, that includes three Brady games there. So they haven't exactly succeeded when, when the, when the Boston late summer leaves, when they have to travel down to humid Miami, they haven't exactly done great. Uh, even with Brady post Brady, the dolphins have won three in a row. They've won three in a row, the 2020, 21 Patriots. So I'll take the dolphins to do it. All right. Next game, the Packers go to Minnesota and that wonderfully aesthetically pleasing television field that I love so much. I hope it's as good of a television product as week 11 was last year when the Packers went to the Vikings. That was a top five game for me in that, that regular season. Aaron Rodgers had 385 yards, four touchdowns. It just took over the second half with Devontae Adams. And then Kirk Cousins was just leaning on Justin Jefferson, who had 163 yards and two touchdowns. And then it had the crazy ending. Rodgers, you know, with like two minutes left, hit a 75-yard touchdown to Marquise Valdez-Scantling. And then Cousins got the ball back from that and drove them down for a last-second field goal. And Minnesota won. So I would love that type of game. I don't know that it can happen without Devontae Adams there. Because that was really the Devontae Adams versus Justin Jefferson game. But I can only hope. The Packers are favored by one and a half here, probably because Rodgers is the back-to-back MVP, but I kind of, I know I'm kind of, I will take the Vikings to pull the upset here, not only cover the one and a half, but win the game. I think, you know, I think the Packers are favored because Aaron Rodgers back-to-back MVP, you know, I get it, though I believe Brady was MVP last year um, pretty strongly. Rodgers, they they had a week one dud last year, and I don't think it's unreasonable to think that there might be another one this year, just because there's nothing there. There are no weapons there. Rodgers doesn't trust any of these players, and a, a couple of them are rookies. And you know, meanwhile, the Vikings, I know they've got a new coach, and theoretically, they also are trying to trying to put stuff together. At least they have same kind of the same personnel. You know, they have Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, by the way, both healthy. Both healthy. I give the edge to the Vikings at home. So I picked the home team twice in a row here. Let's go to the next game. Tampa Bay at Dallas Cowboys, where God can watch through the sunroof because a roof really hides things from God. Um, that's just just a, a design flaw, I guess, by God. Not quite the deity that Jerry Jones will ascend to be, presumably. I don't know. All right. Sunday night football. <laughs> Tampa Bay at Dallas. Another Tarico and Collinsworth um, game. Tom Brady going into Dallas. One of the big graphics that I'm sure will show up will be Brady has never lost to the Cowboys. He's played them six times, you know, spending most of his career in the AFC, of course. He is 6-0. and oh. I find that interesting. Like, did Tom Brady come out of retirement just to lose to the Cowboys? Uh, no, he didn't. So I'm going to take the Bucks to win and to cover the the two and a half points um, that this uh, this line is set at. I mean, Tom Brady grew up in the San Francisco area. He was a 49er fan in the 80s and 90s, and it is absolutely guaranteed that his most hated team during that time as a young man was the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady was actually at the 1981 AFC title game where Joe Montana threw the ball to Dwight Clark uh, to beat Dallas. 
So is this a big deal for Brady? Yes, it is. No, I'm completely speculating and, and rambling off point. But I do think Dallas is just a weaker team. You know, the 2022 Dallas Cowboys, you know, they don't have the depth they had. Three out of their five offensive linemen who started last year's um, Thursday night opener, they're either on other teams or injured, including Tyron Smith. They're, they don't have Michael Gallup. Obviously, Mari Cooper's on the Browns. They're just weaker across the board. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers are actually healthy. And I, I don't think Brady's going to blow us away. I just think Dak is going to struggle and, and the Buccaneers offense, or I'm sorry, defense is going to play well. And Brady will go to 7-0 versus the Cowboys. It'll be his third victory against Dak. Actually, I was looking back, like, did Brady just keep whooping Romo like, over and over again? No, um, two, Brady played Quincy Carter and Brandon Whedon for two of the games. Uh, then he two against Romo, one blowout uh, in 07, and one, one uh, 22-second uh, game-winning touchdown in 11. And then uh, the two two games against Dak, one last year with Tampa Bay. So Brady, 6-0 and versus the Cowboys, makes it 7-0. and Last game, Monday Night Football. Denver comes to my hometown, the Seattle Seahawks, with who was formerly my hometown quarterback, Russell Wilson. And talk about, you know, keeping the high probability of uh, of a big reinforcement of a major offseason plot line uh, with Miami and New England, that's even more so with the Denver Seahawks game, especially if Russell Wilson has a high number of passing attempts. So if he throws the ball a lot and wins, it's going to be this huge deal. And if he throws the ball a lot and loses, it's going to be this huge deal. It's kind of like Pete Carroll versus Russell Wilson, like philosophy sort of stuff. And it's all going to be, you know, hyper compacted into week one coverage going into week two. But as someone who has watched 10 years of Russell Wilson, 12 years of Pete Carroll, very closely Seahawks fan here. This game's going to be low scoring. <laughs> Bet the under, people. Bet the under. Now, Denver is massively favored by six and a half. That's the third highest line of week one. Uh, I think Ravens over Jets, Colts over Texans are favored by, by seven. But I'm going to go full homer here. I'm going to go full Seahawk goggles. The Seahawks not only cover the six and a half, they win. They win this game. Now, I'm partially doing this because it's fun. I'm not putting any actual money down, but also because I am mentally prepared for the inevitable, ugly six, seven, eight win season that we're going to get this year. You say we're tanking? I don't think so. We, I think Pete Carroll genuinely believes in Geno Smith, and this team is going to fight and claw towards working themselves out of a great quarterback next year in the draft. And Russell Wilson, I mean, just pressing. He's Remember, he's just joined with Nathaniel Hackett. They're the only new coach, new quarterback combo there is, and they're going to have to be the first. Uh, their first like real battle test together is in a stadium that's already hard to play in. Already hard to play in, much less if you were the franchise quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks for 10 years. Remember, the defense is also going through change. Vic Fangio, their last head coach, he is gone. So I will take the Seahawks. All right, we'll be back Sunday after Sunday night football. My name is Miles. Muckle Teal Football Show. Follow us on Twitter at MUK underscore football. And a good night.